Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. listening to River Radio. Here we are again on Your Life, Your Way, uh, the show that is all about you. This is Deborah Fielding and I'm with you every Wednesday morning between 10 and 11. A big thank you for Tara for a, a charge through the breakfast show with Sam this morning. Again, sorry about the jokes. Uh, thank you to McFly, who always open our show with All About You, because that very song, as you know, is the big clue to what our show is all about. It is all about you and sharing our life stories and events that we can all listen to and learn from. So we are here every Wednesday morning between 10 and 11. Oh, why not put a reminder on your phone? I'm full of good ideas, you know. So, Deborah, what can we look forward to today, you ask? Well... We'll kick off in a mo with the glory of the story. This is an amazing guest slot where we hear a story from our guests that will be both true and owned by them, which means it isn't about anybody else's story but theirs. Each week is massively different. We've heard from a baby found on a train in Calcutta. We've had a mother saved from a nervous breakdown. I mean, everyone has a huge story and this week is certainly no exception. Uh, The one thing they all have in common is that you wouldn't know if you didn't know. And that goes for the person you're standing next to in the supermarket too. We can also look forward to what's in a word where we take life on by the scruff of the neck. One word at a time because life can be messy, messy, messy. We're happy to get stuck into the thick of it here. Um, We've had some beautiful messages. I'll share some of those with you later. And you can also do... um, in the last section of my show with Q&A Your Way, you can write in yourself to Deborah at river.radio. Uh, this is the bit where I love it if you drop me a line and ask questions about issues we've chatted about in the show. Uh, but one thing's for sure, all questions can remain confidential um, as we tackle them on air. Uh, so get in early and drop me a, a message. On top of all that, of course, we've got some great music too. So let's go. It's all about So this week is a fantastic story Um, and before we start, if you've got a story that you'd like to share, why not message in to me at deborah at river.radio and we can have a look and see what we've got. Uh, But my guest this week is a lady from the Turville Heath area, such a beautiful part of the world. Um, If you've not been, you should definitely, definitely take a visit. Uh, She's a dear friend of mine and I am so proud of her, not least for the resilience she found when she needed it. 
And that's a word we're going to unpick later on. But right now, a wonderful warm welcome to Miss Mrs. Jo Harmon. Good morning. Good morning, Deborah. Oh, shall we start again? <laughs> Hold on a minute. There we go. I found you. Good morning, Deborah. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Um, well, Joe, before we get stuck into your story, um, why not tell us just a bit more about who you are and what you do? Hi. Yeah, right. Hello. My name's Joe Harmon. I'm married with three children and together with my husband, we own and run the barn at Turville Heath. Um, it's a family friendly cafe in the heart of the Chilton Hills. And it's very, very nice. Ah, thank you very much. It is. <laughs> we have three children, Ollie 23, Ben 20 and Liam 19. Both Ollie and Liam help out at the barn with us yeah. uh, in between their other jobs. Uh, but unfortunately, Ben can't help because due to a negligence he suffered at birth, he um, got brain damage. Um, and that's what I'm here to talk about today. OK, so we're not dealing with something lighthearted here today. No, we're getting right into the heart of it. Um, and I know that the Barnet Turville's a gorgeous place to go. I mean, I often pop in there when I'm out with the dog, uh, mid-walk mid for um, a nice latte and um, a little granola slice or something uh, before making my way back and a big cheerful smile from my lovely friends. So that's always great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but Joe, let's delve into your story. So away you go. Okay, so my story um, starts in 2003, 7th of April, um, when I went into labour with my second son. I uh, had a normal pregnancy, no problems at all. Everything was going well. He was actually due on the 12th, so he came just slightly early. Um, the birth was quite traumatic. It was very quick. Um, it was it was so, so stressful on, on me and, and on Ben. On Ben, yeah. Um, he was born quite small. He was £5.12. Bearing in mind when I had Ollie, he was seven pounds eight, so there was no reason why I would have a small, oh, small, small. fedates child. Yeah. Um, he was jaundice. Um, he had the cord wrapped round his neck, just to name a few problems of of the birth. Um, and because of this, they took him off to the special care baby unit, right? Um, where he, which in itself is a traumatic is, is stressful. I mean, yeah. I didn't really know what was going on. They they showed me him um, before he left, but they didn't really tell me anything. Yeah. Um, so off he went. They just said they were just going to clean him up and, and, and sort him out, basically, and, and, and then bring him back, which they did. So about three hours later, he came back um, and we had cuddles. I thought everything was fine. Yeah. No it, reason to not think, OK? No, no okay. reason at all. No, no, Nobody set me worrying or anything. Um, it all... It all started me worrying sort of a bit later on in the day when... Um, I was trying to feed him and he didn't seem to want to feed. Um, I had to say I'd had Ollie and I knew basically what to do. Yeah. Um, but this wasn't the same. Um, and they just kept saying to me that he's tired, he's a small baby, give him a chance, everything will be fine, basically. Anyway, I persevered and persevered. And in the middle of the night, um, I thought, this is just not right. He's not actually feeding. So I asked if they could provide him with a bottle uh, well I just want to chip in here because um many babies don't feed early on but your instincts were there weren't they they were um, yeah. and, and I as I say I'd been through it with a with my other son so I sort of knew what what I was doing I'm not saying I was any expert but no. you know I, I yeah. just knew that something wasn't quite right and so they did they provided me with a with a bottle and 
I tried to feed him and the milk just trickled out of his mouth. So it was so, so I tried again. Um, I was trying again all night. I was so exhausted in the end. They took him away and let me have a sleep. Uh, Next day, um, he's, I didn't know whether he was feeding or not, but you know, they said he was fine. Um, Middle of the afternoon, they came round, gave him the checkup. Everything was fine. They said, would you like to go home? And because because I was in a big ward on my own, and it's it's important to say at the moment that the hospital I was in was in Kent, and they were at the, that point in time, they were getting ready to close the maternity, maternity unit. So I was in the antenatal ward, all on my on own, own, on yeah. my own, um, and I felt really lonely. I mean, the nurses would come in and out, um, but it didn't feel, I didn't feel like I wanted to stay there. Um, perhaps if I'd have been in the correct ward... Um, maybe I'd have felt more comfortable to stay, but I just wanted to go home. And as they gave Ben the all clear and me the all clear, we decided let's go home. And off you went. Off we went. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you got home, you picked up the thread and tried like any new, absolutely looking after a new baby, it's got its ups and downs Mm -hmm. and you never quite know whether you're doing things right or not, let's be honest. No, and um, as I say, he was small, um, so I was slightly worried about it, but um, I just kept persevering. Uh, Family were coming around and, you know, helping out. Um, But it was the next morning um, when I was trying to feed him, so he was two days old at this this point, Um, and he was in my arms and he just went stiff, and grey. Oh gosh. Um, and I sort of looked at him and thought, and it was very instantaneous. I looked at him and I thought, did that just happen? What was that? Oh, it was fleeting. It was, was it? it was really quick. Right. Um, his, his whole face, his whole body, I suppose, just went grey and he went stiff. Um, so we called the midwife, who was on actually on her way over to us anyway. Um, and he had another, what we called a grey episode while she was there. And she said, I don't like the look of this. He's got to go back. I mean, not good, but it's so good that happened while she was there. It was, it was, because literally she phoned the hospital and we took him straight back and he was admitted to the high dependency ward um, where he stayed for eight days. Wow. Um, And they discovered on arrival at the hospital that his um, blood sugars were unrecordable and he'd suffered a hyperglycemic brain injury. Okay. Um, We didn't know that at the time. We know that now, mm-hmm. but at the time we just, he just had an episode. He wasn't feeding. Um, nobody really said anything. Um, was there eight, as I say, I was there eight days. And it was just all about getting him well enough to come back home. Um, so he was in an incubator, um, fed through a tube in the nose. Um, but by the by eighth day, they settled his, what we know now were seizures, down. Um, and he was able to come home. But we weren't told at that point that this would go on. We weren't told that he would suffer any other um, damage. So so you thought that he was in there to be made better from whatever it was he'd got? Yeah. And that you'd come home with a well baby? Yes. And nobody explained to you nope. that that wasn't going to happen? Nope. Oh. So we just went home and got on with our lives. Um, at the same time, a friend of mine had a, 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 a son, a, a little boy, just after. And we'd get together, and um, as you do when you're new parents. And I would notice that her young son was doing things quicker. 
and yeah. Ben. I also remembered Ollie, my eldest, and he was really quick at doing stuff. And I remember thinking, Ben is a little bit slower. And at the, at the point where they start looking at you, babies, mm. we'd notice that you would just look above your eyes mm. into your forehead. Mm. So again, it was trips to the specialists, the doctors, the hospitals, um, and still nobody said. And I just want to ask a bit of a question here, which you can choose not to answer if you like, but I just wonder at that stage, had they have been more responsive and picked up on it, was there anything they could do or was it not, were you not able to bring Um, him back from what had happened? Not after the uh, not after the grey episodes, not oh. after he'd suffered the brain injury. There was nothing they could do. But as we discovered later, right, he didn't need to have suffered that. Right, right, right and that's right. that's the hard. That's, that's the knock. That's that is the, the big the big knock. Yeah. yeah, that's the smashing your head into a pile of concrete moment that exactly. you can't get away from. No, nope. yeah, no, it was yeah, being like being hit by a train. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, we just got on with our lives. Um, uh, a year and a bit later, um, I gave birth to another little boy, Liam, yeah. who's now just turned 19. 19 yeah. um, and it was when he was about a month old, we all got up one morning and we noticed that Ben was jerking. So Ben would have been 13 months at this time and he was jerking and it lasted about a minute or so. So obviously we didn't know what that was. Um, and took him to the... We actually recorded it because we didn't know what it was. We had our little video camera and we recorded it. Took it to the doctors. He didn't really know what it was, but referred us on to a paediatrician in uh, Reading. So we took Ben there um, and she diagnosed him with epilepsy. And doing more tests on him, discovered that he'd got a global learning delay as well. So he was... Where he was 13 months old, he probably was about three months in the mental age, which was a really big hit. Mm. But we always we were always led to believe that if we could get the epilepsy under control, then his learning would improve. Um, after a while, we realised that actually wasn't the case. So just, again, did do you think they knew, knowing what you know now, because obviously you've learned a lot since that, that those days, mm. knowing what you know now, do you think they knew that was never going to happen for Ben? Or do you think they were unsure as well? I'm not sure at that point, because this was a, a, a doctor that was just, um, she, she was nothing to do with the birth. Um, I don't even know if she had any of his his records to, to look back on. I'm not sure. Possibly she did. Um, but we we do think later on when he saw the neurologist in Oxford that they knew more. They just didn't tell us. But obviously yeah. we can't we can't prove that. So just to, to move us along, um, once you'd found all this out, um, it's known that Ben will outlive you. Yeah, pro- probably. And he's now 20. Mm-hmm. And he's got the mental learning age of... 12 to 18 months. 12 to 18. I thought you were going to say 12 years old. No, months. Gosh, bless him. Um, so you had to dig in at that point um, because having a son that's going to, he's going to remain at 12 to 18 months throughout his life. Yeah, I mean, there's some things he's getting a little bit better at. He's getting more understanding, but generally, yeah, he's going to be yeah a young child. Yeah. And so he needs to be cared for. Um, so the next steps that you 
you took were pretty awesome in my mind. Well, it all started basically when um, we, well, he went to the spe- special school in, in Wickham. Um, and from there, um, he went to a fabulous place called Prior's Court School. But that is another story. Um, we literally had to fight yeah. for everything. Um, but the point of, of, of fighting, we, it was when he was about four he was getting quite boisterous and difficult to move around, shall yeah, we say. Yeah. So we decided that we'd quite like to um, apply for a blue badge so that we could park nearer places without the, the fear struggle. of him running off yeah. and struggling. Yeah. But it came... I might just point out that you are, what, five foot nothing. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> And he's quite strong. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was difficult. And having a baby, at, or a younger child. Yeah, and, and a baby. And Liam, yeah. And Ollie, he was only four years older than Ben. So they were all quite young. Yeah. It was quite difficult. So we thought, let's, let's go for a blue badge. Anyway, it was declined because yeah. they said he hadn't got a diagnosis. He could walk and he wasn't blind. Okay. Um, the only way we could get a diagnosis was to go back through his medical records and that's what we did. Oh, we, and okay. Yeah, we got in touch with a big law firm in London, um, gave them our story. They did a bit of investigating and then came back and said, I think we have something here. Um, and Which you would have never found out no, about. We, we, for the first part of his life, but until at that point, we always thought that it was just an unfortunate thing that had happened in the womb that had made him small, that he wasn't feeding well. It was just unfortunate, but nobody's fault. That yeah. wasn't the case. No. So, in actual fact, he would have been a small baby. Yeah, but there's no reason why he couldn't have grown. No. It, he was caught he, up. He was having uh, difficulties, but he was better off out yeah. and for you to be looking yeah. after him. Yeah. Um, and then the tests that should have been done before he went home weren't, weren't thoroughly done. completed. No, we found out later that um, to, for, for a child to go into special care baby unit, um, you know, it's a quite a serious thing. Yeah. Um, and he should have had a blood sugar test, a simple blood sugar test. That my ch- your other children would have had, mine would have had. If they'd have fallen into a category where he, he was They're deemed necessary. Both others didn't. They they were fine. They were big, healthy babies. They didn't need one. But Ben was small. He was jaundiced. He had the cord wrapped around his neck, as I've explained. These are all markers yeah. to say, give this child extra a, a blood sugar test. Yes. Had they done that, yes. they would have known that it was very low. And then they could have dealt Responded with that. to it. And he would not have suffered his brain damage. Right. But they didn't. Okay. And that's what we fought for. Okay. Um, many, many trips to specialist um, uh, occupational therapists, uh, all sorts of people, um, to get all analysing him, yeah. to assessing him from our side to their side. Um, they were also assessing him as well. Um, it was a trip to the High Courts, Royal Royal Courts of Justice in London it went to yeah. in the end. Well, I've got insight into this, obviously, because you're my dear, mm. dear, dear friend. And um, we were going through some pretty turbulent stuff together, as I remember at the time. But the high court situation for me was horrendous because that was the health service trying to belittle your story mm. and to pull your pull your, 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 whole, your whole family down. 
and you had to take to the dock, which you did with such amazing bravery. Um, but you had to really pull yourself up to be able to do that. You do. I mean, you have to be strong. You're because fighting this for is, your children, we're, right? We're fighting for, for, your for justice for Ben. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, throughout um, their young childhood, we could never... We could never do things that normal families would do. Our, our children did miss out on holidays, going to the cinema, going out for picnics, going for walks. It was so difficult with Ben. Unless we had somebody to look after him, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go up. We couldn't just go out and say, oh, let's just do this today. Everything had to be planned. Yeah. Um, and it did affect them. It affected all of us. For sure. Yeah, it did. Uh, but the looking after, I mean, I remember one particular time, um, I just remind everyone again about my little pocket-sized friend, as I call her, but um, that you were going upstairs one time, and as Ben had grown, and mm. uh, as you got almost to the top, he kicked back on the stairs, and you I don't know how you didn't go down. Well, he, yeah, he kicked back and headbutted me in the throat, which I lost my breath. I couldn't yeah, breathe yeah. for a few seconds. And we did stumble back. And that was him just having fun. He didn't know what he was doing. No. no. I mean, he laughed. Yeah. Um, I, I managed to get him up the stairs and put him in his bedroom, um, which I'd like to just say we had a door taken off his bedroom and put a big gate on so I could see him. Yeah. And I just sat on the top of the stairs and I cried. Yeah. And I just cried and cried. And yeah. just, it was so, so, so unfair. Um. And it was at that point that having been nagged by lots of friends to go to the doctors to find, to get some help, that's when I eventually did. Um, and then the help started Yeah, from there, really. Because your way, oh, uh, well, it's lots of our ways, well, really, I, isn't it? When we get into tight spots, we tend to close down and hunker down on our own. Yeah. And that's the last thing, really, you need to be doing. I've discovered that as I've got older. Mm. Uh, I must say on this programme every week to build a good team of friends and support around you, uh, which I'm blessed to have, and I know you are too. Um, but you hived yourself off, and that's tough. In, that, that must have been the darkest of times for you, because you had nothing around you at that point. No, I, I had... Um I mean, my mother-in-law was great when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, when Ben was younger, and she helped a lot. Um, but Robin, at the time, husband was in the police force and doing all sorts of crazy shifts. Yeah. yeah. Stressful drop job, and he couldn't help. Um, so I was on my own. Too much. And then when he came home, I would be then so exhausted and um, and upset that I. I'd say, look, you've got to deal with this now. And he couldn't deal with it either because he'd just had an awful shift yeah. for whatever had gone on. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was just like, I've some, we've got to do something here. We've got to go and get some help. Yeah. And, and we did. Um, so from going to the doctors to saying I'm at breaking point, yeah. we were then put in the system to get help to cover for, for Ben from the evenings and yeah. we did um, they gave us a wonderful carer well just because um, <coughs> before that happened um, you know Ben doesn't sleep like <clears throat> the rest of us do he's a bit better now I think yeah. but in the early days he could have been awake and you, you were getting no sleep at all and we all know that's torture um, and then to be having to go through the heartbreak and the emotion um, I just wonder where you dug your strength from you just do. I don't know where I found it. I mean, it's your family, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah. you you do anything for them. At the time, um, I have to admit now that I felt resentment on some occasions. I felt resentment to who? To Ben. To Ben. And 
absolutely have got the world of guilt for feeling, for feeling like that. that because it's not his fault. No. Um, but at this, the stress of the the stress of everything, you know, when they, the taxi the would bring... The disruption. Yeah, I mean, the taxi would bring him back from school and I'd think, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah. yeah. Um, up until the point we got a carer. Well, and also at that point, because you've nobody around, you no. tell you haven't got your carer, you haven't got the support of the doctors and the medical profession, um, you don't know that that's a a normal feeling to feel that mm. lots of people would feel the same way. Yeah. But um, so not only are you dealing with, in actual fact, you, I think you must have parked part of how you felt about Ben's diagnosis and how he was turning out um, to be able to deal with the practicalities of the of the side of it and, and life for your children. Yeah. And because, you know, keeping in mind, we've got Ben kicking off left, right and centre, but you've got two other children. Yeah, and at that time we um, we hadn't gone to the solicitors at that point, so we were still in the the thought process that this was something that had happened and it was unfortunate. Um, but we were going to have to fight for every single thing for the rest of his life, yeah. and that was scary as well because there would be you'd be reliant on what was available, um, and it's not always right for your child. But you know, due to costings and whatever from gov- local government, you get what you can. And and not only that, you. I know when you're pushed against it, people come out with the most ridiculous things to you, and you've got to kind of park your own personal emotions to be able to just walk through this whole procedure. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of holding emotions at bay, holding family life at bay, uh, trying to get help, and that's not coming through. Uh, but you've said you got a carer. Um, who turned everything around for you really that that must have been an amazing feeling that you got support it was i yeah. mean that was that was the turning point in in our lives it gave us the strength um and as well as getting that we also had um one night a week respite um and one weekend in every six um where we wouldn't do anything and people used to say to me <laughs> why don't doing? you why yeah. don't you go and do some whatever yeah but you we exhausted. just went, we didn't want to we just wanted to be a normal family and yeah. do, do nothing at and the be weekend at home. <clears throat> yeah excuse me yeah do just, nothing just have a nice time together it was a, it was yeah. a breather you could get up early, you could get up late you could get up early you could do what you go wanted. for a walk yeah absolutely it was just wonderful but at the same time the guilt was there that your other son isn't and he's somewhere else. Yeah. And I know that he was happy and he was being looked after well, but you still feel that, you know, yeah, you want your child with you. So uh, just to bring us up to date, really, you fought hard for him and um, you've got him supported in every direction mm-hmm. now, Yeah, um, which must take a lot of weight off your shoulders. Um, as I said earlier on, he's expected to outlive you, um, but to know that he's going to be cared for, and looked after yeah so on the uh, i mean f- quite a few years we went through this court case and it was on the 5th of um july um i think it was 2013 we um got the results they've yeah. admitted liability okay and from then on our world changed because we had money um for ben yeah, to get the to things get that he needed. Everything yeah. that he needed. Yeah. We 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 looked at this fabulous school, Priors Court School in Newbury, and it was just the best place ever. Uh, ben and we were lucky enough to have the funds to fund it, rather than having to go through the local authority. Um, 
we chose a school suitable for him. And he stayed there until he was 19. So he left there um, in September last year. uh, And we um, found another fabulous place um, up in Herefordshire, Winslow Court. And he's absolutely loving it there. Uh Couldn't ask for anything better. It's amazing. It is. I know I'm one of the people that you might have wanted to punch um, because I did say that he's very... Is a very happy child. I know. And that is a blessing. Um, I think it's something you can at least hold on to. And, you know, I've seen him many times and he's never not smiling, really. He's always smiling. Yeah. He's always happy. Yeah. Everybody loves him who comes into contact with him. Yeah. You know, they've always got a soft spot for him. I've been yeah. told that quite a few times yeah, by carers. For yeah, sure. <laughs> Um Well, I think that's just a nice point to bring us into some music and you've chosen a fabulous song. Um, I'm not even going to introduce it because it's very clear exactly what it is.
and there we have the fantastic Dancing Queen by ABBA. Um, like many, many people, how many times have we sang that song at the top of our voices, Joe? Um, I remember turning up to the barn after a lovely dog walk and blasting that out on my phone <laughs> to you. <laughs> Always. Singing away while you were knee-deep in making burgers or something. <laughs> it's my favourite song. <laughs> it's so funny. The voice of the Thames Valley. River Radio. I think I like it. You give one quick twitch and the thing is done. So you are listening to River Radio, your life, your way with me, Deborah Fielding. I've got the lovely Joe Harmon, my amazing friend in the studio, who has just shared a huge story with you. Uh, feel free to message in if you have any questions for us on that topic, and we'll do our best to answer them, or Joe will at least. Um, I've had a few message- messages during the week on Facebook and Instagram about how we can listen again to this show. Uh, well, I'm very, very happy to say you now can. Um, so head to the website www.river.radio where you can listen in the listen again section you can also listen to the podcast of the show on your usual platforms woohoo we're all out there and that is available now too yay so search for river radio and you'll find your life your your way um right there you might have to scroll to the bottom because it begins with why should have had a show that began with an a but hey um and so Coming up after my show, we've got the lovely Heather and Julian with Turning Pages and they'll be here shortly. So let's move into the section of what's in a word. Um, This is the part of the show where we break down a word and chat about what it might mean for us all. Um, I want to just make a quick mention of last week's word, which was scared. And if um, you remember, we talked about Karen dropping us a line or Karen, should I say, um, as she was feeling scared about a scan result she was waiting for. Um, I explained to you that cancer patients have to deal with something we called scanxiety uh, because the wait is a long one, um, usually two weeks, but it can be longer. It feels like two years and it gives you the jitters, uh, something that Karen was experiencing. Uh, but congratulations are in order as Karen let me know that her scan was all clear. And so we wish you well, Karen. Get out there and live your life full tilt, my friend. So today's word, well, it felt perfect to speak to you today about that magical word resilience. So let's take that on and dive straight in and uh, see what we've got. Dive in to River Radio. So I wrote a post uh, called Resilience and here we go. Grab it by the bucket load. Gulp it in. If you are having to find your resilience, you are not the same person you were before. You're turning into a stronger version of yourself. You've had to do whether you wanted that or not. Building your resilience in the face of change is the magic potion. It will keep you steadfast and solid internally. Even when you feel yourself crumbling and the weight of life sitting flat out on top of you, there will be a little shoot of resilience rise up in you. Let it grow. Let it find its way. Um, I'm keen to point out here that some people are more resilient than others, of course, as as a result of probably having to be. But all of us, depending on what you've had to face, will have felt that little shoot of resilience in you. I mean, what is the alternative that you give up and you go under? 
Um, Joe, you must have had to have found resilience in you while you were dealing with a tumultuous time in your life. You do. Um, I don't know where it comes from, but it just appears, I suppose. And you just push forward. You have to. There's no. There's no other option. Uh, did you think? Did you, did you think you were a resilient person before? Or has, have you felt that growing you? I've never really thought about it. To be honest, it just it, it was just there. So probably I was. Yeah, which is lucky. Yeah. Um, the dictionary says that resilience means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, a toughness. Um, well, I don't know. Resilience in me doesn't feel tough at all. It feels kind to me. It feels empowering. I feel like I'm grateful to have it as it makes my life much easier. Um, it simply kicks in when it's needed. Um, I'm not really one to crumble at the first hurdle or the second or third for that matter. And I think right now we all need to find resilience of a different kind together, a global resilience and a, a mental resilience and an ability to work together with all of the grim things the world is showing us. And there's a ton of ways that will suit you personally, but I'm going to say what I've already said um, earlier, I've said it every single week so far, which is the building of a good team of people around you, people that raise you up. If they don't, it just doesn't help at all. They're no good in your life. Um, Joe, we already mentioned that you had to find a ton of strength to deal with your battle to help um, your son, Ben. And let's be honest here. You took the decision to fight this out to get the best result for your child after you were really cruelly disregarded, uh, which will have knocked you into a dreadful space. But I'm kind of wondering, can you actually um, recognise now in your life where you're able to deal with things a little bit easier as a result of having to, gone through all of that trauma and fight that you've had to take on? Well, it certainly gives you experience. Yeah. You you seem to just be able to pull it out of the bag somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and just go forward. It's an experience you didn't want. No. But I'm absolutely. expecting when you get things now, you just, you're able to deal with it in yeah. a very matter-of-fact way. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll still probably get anxious uh, yeah. about you would whatever. Be not human if you didn't. No, <laughs> but no, you just have to... You have to push forward. You have to fight. I'm I'm a little terrier, really. So <laughs> I've never seen you that. Well, that's a great I'll, great picture I've got in I'm, my mind. I'm quite stubborn, so um, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll I'll push forward. Yeah, you know, but you need a support network around you to to give you that push. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. And um, you've certainly found that. I hope so. We're going to take some more music. Here's a fantastic, gorgeous song, which is True Love Ways by Buddy Holly. Just you know why, why you and I will by and by no true love ways. Sometimes we'll sigh Sometimes we'll cry And we'll know why Just you and I know true love way Through 
days what a wonderful wonderful song that is um true love ways by buddy holly and i mentioned to you that heather and julian are on with turning pages and as if by magic heather has just arrived in the studio so heather tell us what you've got on the show today Ta-da, good Ta-da. morning <laughs> <laughs> oh we've got a lovely show today um it's the cook and festival oh nice on uh between the 6th and the 22nd so i've got john castell who's organizing the spoken word section of the festival which is obviously the bit that we're interested in loads of authors talking about their books yeah so he'll be chatting to us about what's on and uh, as spring is here and the sun is shining, it is. we're talking about spring in books. We've got some poetry and some suggestions of what books to read to keep you in that spring mood. And obviously we've got loads of stories about books and our favourite reads. Well, that's amazing. So you've got a, a fun-packed show. We have indeed, as always. Yeah, so good luck with that. Uh, very nice to see you. Thank you. Um, and good luck with the show, as always. It's always good to listen to you. Thanks a lot, Deborah. Thank you. Uh, so we're up to the part of the show now, which is Q&A your way, whether you've written in or not. I have got a quick question for you, Joe. that's come in from um, Annie, who wants to say or ask, how is Ben now? Ben's wonderful. Oh, sorry, I've done it again. There we go. Try. I say Ben's wonderful. <laughs> He's uh, settled into his new home fantastically. Oh. He's getting on well with his, um, his flatmate. He has, uh, he's, it's just a beautiful place in the countryside. He's sharing things. He's learning new games. He's clearing away his plates, all things, you know, that he's learning to do. He's just brilliant. We we couldn't be happier. No, that's fantastic. After all that turbulence you went through. Yeah. um, It's such a nice thing that he's um, in a place that he loves and he's coping really well. Yeah. And I've got something I just wanted to point out, actually, because it came to me the other day that while Ben was small, 
with a mental age of 12 to 18 months, that was okay. Yes. But now he's a big lad, right? Yep. And he's 20. Um, he should actually have been in my daughter's class. Yeah, that's um, cool, yes. And she's off doing her thing. Yeah. And obviously now at 20 years old, that 12 to 18 months seems, the gap seems enormous. It just seems a different place altogether. Yeah, well, as you got older, it, it did, the gap did stretch and um, something that we just had to come to terms with. Um, and every time he learned something new, how small it was, where normal families would take things for granted about how they took their first steps or they crawled or everything. it was a huge thing for Ben. Well, I remember you telling me that he'd been shopping and he'd actually paid. He had yes. no idea what he was no, buying or no. paying for, but um, he'd given them the money. <laughs> he'd chosen the... F- I thought, yeah. I mean, big round of applause. Yeah. That was amazing. I, I sent him some um, Easter chocolate muffins up for Easter this uh, this week, last week, I should say. Um, and it was lovely to read back on an email f- from his key worker yeah. that he was sharing. He'd even put a little um, a little bun on his flatmate's table, oh even gosh. though his flatmate wasn't there. Oh, So he was sharing his his chocolate muffins. Oh, I love which, him. Which was just so And his wonderful. flatmate wasn't there. No. That's <laughs> even more. It makes you want to no. cry your eyes out. It did. How adorable <laughs> is that? It did. Yeah. And of course, he's um, much taller and stronger and mm-hmm. he's got facial hair in the works now. So he's got to shave. Uh, does he shave or, you know, uh, it's done in sections. <laughs> <laughs> it depends who's working with him as okay. to whether he'll allow it. Uh, you just have to do it in bits. So at the moment, he looks... Mm, not the best of haircuts, but next weekend it'll be all smoothed over. Yeah. So, yeah. Very sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't a- care. Annie, thanks for asking um, after Ben. That's really sweet and nice to have some insight. Um, Selena's messaged in with a short and sweet question about our word of the day, which is how do you find or know you have resilience? Um, well, that's quite the question, Selena, really. Um, and just having a minute's thought on it made me think it isn't really something you can go and buy at the local supermarket, is it? Uh, for me, it's a number of things, I think, um, that are usually born out of not always having things your own way. Um, it's about bouncing back from a knock, maybe. Uh, you'll get there so much quicker if you're nice to yourself in the process, by the way. It's about being flexible in your approach, possibly. Um, That's not always getting what you want, but that can also be a blessing. Um, It's about helping others with their issues. Um, For me, seeing others grow before your eyes can foster the same approach in yourself and uh, make you stronger. And um, Joe sat across the desk here from me. Um, We've been through a mountain of life together. Um, I think we've given each other resilience for birthday presents sometimes it felt um more years than enough I, I have to say but I must say on this every show Selena if you're surrounding yourself with the best people you can you are going to find it easier to build that resilience muscle and I think Joe you alluded to that when you said you went and got help um you were able to find yourself at that point and raise yourself into a different place well, I was sort of falling deeper and deeper into a black hole and I needed to get out. I couldn't, I didn't have any, probably any resilience at that time. I didn't have anything of any, anything. I was just so depressed and so unhappy. Um, everything, it just wasn't fair. So I needed to, I needed to get that strength. And it's good to have people around you to push you sometimes. Yeah. Um, get you on your way. 
And I don't know, you know, I don't have to go into too deep a situation here, but it must have put one heck of a strain on you and Robin. It did. We were actually told by the solicitors that only about one in 10 couples would stay together through what we'd been through. Yeah. And and we have, I mean, we've had some rocky patches, Yeah. but, you know. Hasn't everybody? Yeah, absolutely. But no, we were, we're still together after all these years. Yeah. Uh, which is... He's lucky. <laughs> and he is, yeah. by the way. Um, but you And you work together. You've got a really strong family unit um, and a, a lovely group of friends around you. I mean, I know myself um, that I so could not have coped with some of the things I've been through without a strong team of people, which you were one of them. And um, you've needed, you need that in your life. I mean, one thing that you and I have always shared on every... Oh, my gosh. Sometimes you phoned me. Um, or I phoned you and I've hated to hear your voice because I've known I was going to end up laughing yeah. and I didn't want to. No. Well, amongst everything we share, we share the same birthday. We do, so, so, we do. Know. But yeah, we'll always make each other laugh over stupid, stupid things. We do, the smallest of things. Yeah. But, and actually, for sure, without doubt, we always felt better at the end of... Oh yeah, I mean, you start a conversation in tears and end up you know, laughing, always. what could be better? Always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a bit of a, a to-do when, you know, I used to think, oh gosh, now I'm going to have to laugh yeah. <laughs> with Joe and I don't want to. <laughs> we, always, we always seem to do that. <laughs> Um, I've got a quick question in uh, from Sandra who says hi. Um, Okay, this is totally off topic from uh, Ben, but it is a resilience question. She is facing an issue with an older man at work who is a huge bully. Okay, she loves her job and doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. Well, Sandra, I have a deep, deep loathing of that, actually. It's very, very hard to remember at times like this that the older guy you're working with who is the bully is in massive inner turmoil himself um, and probably hates himself in some regard or other and isn't coping although he's got no idea of that and so he's looking for an emotional punch bag in you Um, there's no ability for him to stop and think about what his actions are causing you and truth be known he probably doesn't care either Uh, Knowing all of that isn't much help, of course, to you um, when you're on the receiving end of his nasty insides, I know. Um, And my first comment is if you feel in danger in any way, you must get the proper level of help. Um, Once you've assessed that and assuming you're not in danger, I would look to get the support around me again of friends that you know are rock solid, uh, mainly for support and the care of you. You need to care for yourself. And it's a work situation, so yeah, I'd probably look for support that is offered there too. And then I would do my favourite thing and I'd empower myself and pull myself up and deal with it myself. A bully's only goal is to see you scared and get a reaction from you usually. Um, when they don't get that, um, they don't have any fuel for their campaign, Sandra. Um, they can't fuel their satisfaction So if you can walk away, do so, but don't get involved in communication with them at this level. And that goes for texts or any other messaging too. Uh, Try and, uh, in every situation, look for a higher ground to operate on and don't be brought down to their level. Um, Make no bones about it. Um, You're definitely going to be building your resilience muscle here, uh, whether you like it or not. Um, But I would personally prefer you not to have to build it because of someone else's weaknesses. Um, I came across a website while Joe was chatting 
that you might find useful, Sandra, and anyone else uh, that's in Sandra's shoes or supporting somebody that's going through bullying, and that's uh, stompoutbullying.org. Um, yeah, that's a nasty situation to be left in. I, have you ever come across anything like that, Joe? yourself? Luckily, not really. You know, I've always had good friends. Workplace has always been great, so yeah. I'm not... Luckily, no, because I don't know how I would cope. No, I think it's... It's scary. It's, I have come across it, and I think it's just best to, um, take, to find yourself and hold yourself and go inward in a way. Uh, the easiest thing to do is to want to smash out a message that's said in anger or full-on emotion, and that doesn't achieve anything. No. It just fuels the fire. Uh, so trying your best to um, take it down a notch or two, I think, would be my advice to you there, Sandra. Uh, but thank you so much for writing in. Um, and I've got a message in here from Adam for you, Joe, who says, um, your, yeah, your boys, either side of Ben, how are they coping and getting on with their life now? Um, fine. No problems at all. I mean, when they were younger, um, it was always, we had three children, but it was always Ollie is the eldest and Liam is the youngest. It was always those two that were the brothers. And Ben was just, he was a brother, but he just wasn't a brother that you would, you know, you could play with. No. So they never really included him, um, which was quite sad, but it was just the way, it was just the way it was. Um, but now, you know, I mean, Ben's sort of an independent sort of chap I mean he doesn't really mix he likes to be on his own so they don't have a lot to do with him now um but obviously they'll they'll sit with him and have dinner with him and yeah. high five and things yeah. like that so the, just normal do things passing, that he likes to yeah, do yeah yeah if ever yeah. they're home <laughs> I mean I remember that uh, meeting Liam your youngest who's the same age as my son um and I remember you saying this is how I find out about Ben actually that he'd been just enjoying his breakfast when Ben had come in and swiped his orange juice and his breakfast out of his hand and yeah. Ben thought that was hysterical. But actually Liam was only um five or six when you told me that story. That's quite a lot for a little yeah. a little pickle to have to deal with, isn't it? Mm, well Liam just thought that was normal behaviour and he would yeah. slap people as well and we would say, you know I remember this yeah. isn't this isn't normal, you know, Ben, you know, suffered um, you know, he's got he suffered what we didn't know at the time when he was really young at brain damage so you know you mustn't you mustn't be like that Liam is a very caring young man now I think having an older brother that he's seen go through what he's been through has um has certainly shaped Liam well I think um you just don't know what's going on in people's yeah. lives do you no uh, I mean you know I didn't know that about Liam until you told me no I mean Ollie was older so he he was able to cope with it better yeah. Um, he didn't have the same sort of problems. So, um, yeah. So, well done, boys. So, here we go again as we close out the show this week. I want to say a big thank you to my guest, Joe Harmon. Um, we all here at River Radio wish you and your family and the lovely Ben many happy years together. Uh, thank you to you for your questions and getting involved this week. Some great questions. You'll be able to find the show on the web at river.radio to listen again. Or you can now listen to it as a podcast 
Yoo-hoo, wherever you listen to your podcast usually simply search for river radio your life your way coming up next is the lovely heather and julian with turning pages but for now you've been listening to your life your way i'm deborah fielding wishing you a resilient week you know you can do it we are playing out with brian adams and mel C when you're gone <laughs>